Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Glad you're with us today. Really excited about our guest today. You know, when I listen to this man's music, you know, the one word comes to mind for me, and that is the word smooth. He has been making hits for about 10 years now. He's got five releases to his credit, and he's had 10 songs hit the Billboard charts. And he's worked with some of the top emerging stars in the genre, like Julian Vaughn and Adam Hawley and others. So please welcome to the show today, Mr. Phil Denny. Phil, what's good, man? Hey, what's good? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, man, we're excited to have you. We appreciate you taking time today. So so this 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 episode, Phil, is going to air in in the December time frame. And so you will be just about off of your ninth annual Phil Denny and Friends Christmas Collective at that time. Yes. So tell us, tell us how that event came about. Well, it, it goes back to uh, 2012. I guess this year would have been the 10th annual hadn't it been for the circumstances of this COVID pandemic that yeah. we're still, you know, navigating. But um, I had released my crossover debut album in 2012, and we st- we kicked off, you know, sort of like this release experience in my hometown of Lansing, Michigan. And I uh-huh. quickly realized that there was really a demand for, you know, the, the music and uh, people said, you know, Phil, this was a really great experience. Like we should carry this forward. And the, the next thing for me to do was segue right into December. So I released the the crossover album in, uh, in August. And okay. then that same year in December, I produced the first, you know, the, the inaugural Phil Denny and friends Christmas collective. Great. Great. So, so tell our listeners kind of, what kind of work goes into planning and promoting an event like that? Oh man. Yeah. So in addition to that, I run my own smooth jazz festival and I had been producing nine intimate smooth jazz um, shows a year. So, Uh you know, that that's a completely separate hat that I wear in addition to touring and writing and recording. But, you know, for me, it's a, it's, it's a matter of, um, you know, attention to detail and creating, you know, really an escape for our listeners you know, I, I have a, a background in business administration and marketing. So I think that that helps me certainly, yeah. um, with, you know, with, uh, with planning and executing these types of events, whether small or large. And for me, it's just a lot of fun. I enjoy, you know, really the, the creative concept, putting all the, uh, the things together and then uh-huh. the finished product, you know, when, when people leave and they say they've had a great time, that, that makes it all worthwhile. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So how did you get your start in music? When did you know you wanted to be a musician? So I started playing the saxophone at age 12, uh-huh. and uh, at the time, it was just an elective. My middle school band instructor handed me an alto saxophone, <laughs> and said, Bill, you look like a sax player. <laughs> and, uh, you know, all those years later, I realized, you know, she was right. Uh-huh. But it, was, it wasn't really until I was uh, going into my freshman year of high school that I, I really took to, to music and wanting to be a performer my older brother, Sean, worked at a warehouse records, and he used to bring home compilation CDs and promotional CDs of the uh-huh. likes of Sanborn, huh. uh, James, Richard Elliott, Grover Washington Jr., and the list goes on. Yeah. So I used to just hang out in the basement and pretend to be a showman. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. We, we have something in common, man. Your, your older brother would bring home music that kind of got you into it. My older brother was, uh, you know, he 
one in the basement one day he was playing David Sanborn's Voyeur album and it was my first exposure to this genre of music. I gotta say from that day on I was hooked. So right, right on. So kudos to yeah. our older brothers, man. For sure. So talk to talk to like I, I mentioned in the in the intro that like listening to your music, it, it there's this this river that runs through it that it's it's a calming music. It's very smooth. It's very tight. Like how do you go about creating your sound? Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that. You know, I think if, if we if we go back to those early influences, you know, as artists, we're, we're inspired by the people that we listen to. We yeah. study the people that really move us. And then, you know, we hope that someday we establish our own sound, our own identity. And then we take kind of like the culmination of all that and, and become, you know, a, a recording artist, mm-hmm. an artist in our own right. And that's something that I've certainly worked hard to do. You know, and I've had friends over the years say, Phil, you know, you got to get into writing and recording your own music. There's there's no better feeling, you know. Yeah. And and w- when you start that creative process and you go down that road, you realize that there, there really is no better feeling than to to be able to have your own identity and to have listeners say, hey, that that sounds like a Phil Denny song. And, you know, I just find myself in these creative moments and uh, for me, my creative process typically happens through the winter months. I live in a, okay. in a cold, you know, winter climate. <laughs> so I, I hunker down and really that gives me the chance to, to focus on writing and without a lot of the other periphery things yeah. know, pulling in different directions. So, yeah, I, I would think that's just a culmination of experiences and, and the, the people that, uh, you know, I've idolized over the years. Yeah, good, good, good. And who are some of those folks? You mentioned a few of them. But who are some of those other folks that you've idolize over the years yeah as i mentioned early on i listened to a lot of grover washington jr uh stan getz cannonball uh john clemmer then you know i got into boney james and richard elliott quite a bit okay later on huge groove you know some of the more contemporary artists yeah but you know i mentioned going into my my freshman year of high school those were the only sounds that i was really exposed to so Uh When I went to uh, my first fine arts camp on a scholarship, that's where I really learned about like the traditional jazz cats. You yeah, know? So yeah, they, yeah. They they had quickly schooled me on who Charlie Parker was and uh-huh. you know, John Coltrane and Sonny Stitt and Lester Young and all, all the guys that I I hadn't been exposed to because my brother Sean was sending sending me home with the, the contemporary sound. Yeah, yeah. And that's just really what resonated with my personality. I'm kind of a a chill, easygoing kind of guy and. Uh-huh. You know, smooth jazz just struck a chord with me. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. It's great to hear about how someone is inspired in their music. You know, we as fans, we get to hear it and listen to it, but we don't always know what's behind it, right? So that's always gives us a little deeper view of an yeah. artist and their music. And um, that said, let's take a listen to a song that's very popular of yours right now. We're going to listen to Urban Troubadour off the, the CD of the same name.
right, everybody, that was today's guest, Phil Denny with Urban Troubadour. So you've been doing this for about 10 years now. Is making music for a living everything you expected it would be? <laughs> you know, when, when I started uh, doing this full time, it, it really was just um, I, I didn't really know where it would take me, honestly. Yeah. I, I was originally slated to go to school for music industry management, okay. and my, my goal was to study the business of music and have a business background to have something to fall back on. But starting a family young in college, pursuing music full time really wasn't in the cards. Uh-huh. If we fast forward to uh, 2010, uh, right around that time, I was working full time in mortgage lending. I had a very successful mortgage uh, office and clientele. Uh-huh. but got hit really hard, just like everyone else with yeah. the financial crisis in the mortgage industry. And I just, uh, I, I tell people I made a lot of money and I lost a lot of money, uh-huh. but it, it was that time that I, I figured out like if, if there was a moment in my, in my life that I could pursue music now would be the time. So I quit my job in mortgage lending very slowly, yeah. but uh, feel that I, I set myself up to, uh, to at least make, make an attempt at it, make a, a good solid go. And, uh, yeah, so fast forward, you know, 10 years, uh, here I am making music, traveling. I, I tell people I've, you know, been fortunate to travel the world and never really know where music's going to take me next. Yeah. And, you know, at, at the time I hadn't been experienced in, in songwriting. I had a cover band we played for over a decade in clubs and, okay. you know, different venues and festivals all over the Midwest. You know, without that formal training, uh, while I did study privately and have some formal training, I didn't really get into songwriting and things like that. So I just took from my experience and started writing from the heart and yeah. learned from people around me. And it's been a very, very fun, creative process for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. What do you enjoy most about this process of making music? Yeah. So, you know, at the end of the day, the response from the people is, is really very rewarding yeah. um, to hear your music being played, you know, as you're walking through the airport or uh-huh. you know, driving down the street or, you know, just even listening to music at home. It's just a very surreal uh, thing. I remember listening to um, one of my mentors, he graduated from the same high school I did, Tim Cunningham. Okay. And I remember uh, listening to an FM station and hearing Tim Cunningham on on the radio and just thought, man, someday it would be really cool to uh-huh. have my music be played like that. You know? <laughs> and, uh, it's, it's just been, it's been great. You know, yeah. the creative process for me is fun. I get to work with a lot of great people, share, you know, really cool musical ideas. And I, I believe that I've worked with, um, some great musicians who share a lot of the same uh, respect for music, yeah. the same respect for the creative process and, um, you know, creating music that we feel is genuine and honest. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. And I think that matters so much, right, that there's a, you know, I think you, I think, I think when music is authentic, you feel it more, right, or you For can sure. feel it. I don't think if it's not, yeah. if it's inauthentic, it's hard to feel it. And I think that's what really makes a connection between fans and an artist is, is how that artist moves them to feel something, you know. Yeah. And I think that's a really big piece of the process. So, absolutely. What's it like for you when I love asking an artist this question because, uh, you know, it's different for everybody. Like, what's it like for you when you're on stage and after you've done a show? Like, what, how you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going through your head? You know, all that good stuff. Yeah. 
well, I hope to leave the stage, you know, feeling feeling good and uplifted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, s- sometimes things don't go as planned. You know, we're we're traveling a lot. We're meeting up with different, you know, bands and so forth. But yeah. for the most part, you know, guys are, you know, they're learning the material. We're having a great time. We're connecting with the audience. You know, then after the show, you get to go out front and shake hands and take pictures. And for me, that's 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 all part of it, you know. Sometimes people will say, oh, Phil, you know, sorry to keep you waiting um, or, or thanks for waiting. And I just say, you know, hey, that's why I'm here. You know, this is really what it's all about. It's it's the the, the full circle experience. for yeah. me. So we get to chat with our friends and fans on social media. Then we get to perform and then meet them after the show. Or we're, we're seeing fans, you know, at, at multiple shows throughout the year. And that's really yeah. cool about the smooth jazz format. We have very loyal fans. They they follow you know, not only my music, but, you know, the people that are in my circle and, and, and beyond it's, you know, it is, it's a family and it's for, for a lot of people, it's, um, it's a way for them to stay connected to their friends. They, they meet new friends, yeah. they meet new travel companions and so forth. So no doubt uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's just a really great experience. For yeah. Us. Yeah. I think you're right about the, unlike a lot of genres, there is certainly this level of camaraderie in this genre of music between yeah. the artists and also between the fans, you know, like I, yeah. I promote a, a, a festival as you do. I go to these events all the times. I tell you, I see some of the same people and they're happy to see you all the time. And you can see a lot of times you see the connection that the audience has with some of those artists it's almost like it's like you know you know you get to know some of them you know and it really is a cool experience yes yeah and you you know you see like um you know uh for example gerald albright is very um active on social media i'll see comments from gerald and and friends friends threads and then i'll see another artist pop up and so it's really cool to have that interaction where you know it it very much creates that human element where before social media who who would think that they could touch Gerald Albright or, or reach out to Boney James right. and have that kind of feedback? And then certainly this pandemic brought a lot of people even closer to to where we could be in the homes of the artists. We could have the engaging experience, you know, via the computer. So what a what a great thing. And and I think that is, you know, somewhat unique to our format. Not that it doesn't happen in other formats, but we seem to be very connected with our fan our fan base. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So when the show is over. What are you most looking forward to doing? Yeah, in that moment, usually, you know, we, we go backstage and we have just a quick banter about the show, uh-huh. uh, which is always fun, you know, especially when you're playing with with guys that you haven't performed with before to just see that hype and that energy like, yeah, that was great. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, to, to go out front and just to chat with the people. I think for yeah. me, that that's a really cool experience. You know, sometimes you're hanging out in the venue um, or there may be a meet and greet afterwards or maybe you're segueing into you know, another area of a festival. Yeah. Um, so just, just a quick change. And then just to go be one with the people for me is just uh, really what it's all about. Cool. Cool. So now in a normal year, obviously COVID threw a wrench in everything for everyone, but in a normal year, like how much are you on the road? Yeah, it really depends. You know, there've been a couple of years where I, where I've been gone, you know, a lot. And I would say, you know, for me, if I'm doing, you know, 30, 40 shows a year, that's a pretty successful year for me. Okay. You know, and it, it really just depends. Uh, I Like I said, I produce a lot of shows here. So some of that may change w- with regard to the situation that we're in. Yeah. Um, and then I've also, you know, I've, I've played, um, you know, smaller venues, large festivals. I've traveled. I've done a few small cruises. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think, you know, coming coming out of this, you know, we, we as artists, we have to look at, you know, our exposure and, 
at, you know, how much time we're on the road because, yeah. you know, in chatting with some artist friends, there, there's been a certain level of like just enjoyment to, to be able to be at home, be creative, yeah. maybe be a little bit more selective about how often we're on the road in the venue, uh, venues that we perform. But, you know, at the end of the day, we want to be out sharing our music, performing the music that we, that we write in the studio mm-hmm. and connect with the people. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think you're right. I mean, I do think that, you know, it is, it is, uh, I think everybody probably, I hope everybody, even though it's as trying as this COVID season was, hopefully people got a little bit something out of it. Right. And I think I know one of the okay. things that, that you just mentioned is, is something that I feel the same way. It's like, I, I've learned that, you know, you, you, you can do some things having time at home is a good thing, you know, and having that ability to kind of reconnect to those things that, you know, that are a big part of your life that kind of give you a little level, a different level of energy and things like that. That's a pretty good thing. You know, it's, you know, I I know for me, that's one of the things that, you know, I come to understand that, well, it's really, really, it's really, really cool to be able to have family with the dinner or dinner with the family. I should say family with the dinner, you know, family with dinner is cool too, but dinner with the family (laughs) is is what's even better. So yeah. is it travel for you? Is it a necessary evil or do you enjoy it? Um, I do enjoy it. I, I like uh, the hustle and bustle. My mind is always like working, you know, and going in different directions. So I think the travel, the commute, the experience from, from to and from, and then just to see that, you know, the different places, like, as I mentioned earlier, you know, traveling as a musician, you get to see a lot of cool places that you yeah. might not otherwise see, you know, even, even if you're only in a, you know, downtown Milwaukee for a night or yeah. I was in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There was a lot of history in Tulsa that I, yeah. I hadn't known about until I went to, you know, to Tulsa. Absolutely. And that's just things, you know, that I get to add to, to my world travels, my resume and, you know, and, and then to, to, you know, just to my mind's experience in my life. Uh-huh. That's cool. That's cool. So well, let's take a little, uh, listen to some more of your music. We're going to listen to Tough Get Going featuring Ryan Montano. This is Phil Denny.
All right. We just listened to uh, Tough Get Going by Phil Denny featuring Ryan Montano. So what would you say, who would you say, uh, you, you mentioned some of your influences. Is, if, if, is there one or two that just stand above all else as the ones that really, that have you taken something from or that have, that have moved you musically and you said, oh, man, I got to I gotta incorporate some of that in what I do? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, for a long time, I would say probably since the mid nineties, I've been a, a big fan of Boney James and Richard Elliott. Yeah. You know, both primarily tenor saxophonists and that's, you know, really where my musical voice settled. Uh, I've spent a lot of time listening to their artistry, respecting their artistry. And, um, you know, for, for me, it's not only the, the style in which they play, but the tone that they deliver on their instrument. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that also resonates with me. And, and I think that that, that, personality that they bring out in their music is also somewhat parallel to me and my personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you mentioned my music as being smooth and I agree and it's sultry and it's at times, you know, up tempo, but I find myself in the more mid tempo groove, the sultry yeah. groove, and then, you know, stepping into different layers of funk. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of R and B. I've listened to a lot of R and B music growing up. Yeah. And I think for that reason also, you know, the style and play of Boney James really uh, resonated with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's quite the that's quite the person to to pull some things from because he's been uh, making yeah. it he's been making it happen for a long time at a high high level. So for that's sure. pretty cool. Have you ever had a chance to collaborate with uh, with Boney? No, you know, I've I've met him a few times. Uh, I, I was fortunate a few years back to help him uh, with his merchandise, which was kind of fun. Uh huh. And. Uh, you know, we got to chat backstage and, you know, I, I've seen him uh, at various shows or festivals uh, over the last couple of years yeah. as uh, the same with, with Richard Elliott. And that, that's been really cool. Uh-huh. Um, I was just backstage uh, last week with Brian Culbertson and Marcus Anderson. And I've been fortunate to meet a lot of, lot of my musical heroes and influences yeah. and, you know, to just be in their presence and hang out. I don't feel that I ever really get starstruck, but there's a level of respect. Yeah. And uh, just, just to, uh, just to chat with them. I, I had the opportunity to hang out with Marcus Miller one day and uh-huh. that was really cool. And just, you know, ask, ask questions. I was hanging with Kirk Whalen once backstage. I let oh, him borrow cool. my microphone with his fail. And that was kind of neat. Uh-huh. Uh, and just these little, little things that kind of come up and they, they create stories and yeah. Just, you know, Really, really, uh, really enjoy that. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, you, you t- mentioned uh, helping Boney with his merchandise, and I know you have your your line. Did, how, what sure. do you design the merchandise, or, or how did you help him? I had um, I had just been in attendance with a group called the Links in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and okay. they had brought Boney to the Kalamazoo State Theater, and um, they they knew that I was someone that was familiar with how to handle merchandise and gotcha. I, I might enjoy being side by side with Boney James. Okay, okay. So they said, hey, Phil, you wanna you wanna come and you know hang out with us and work the merch table? And I said, Absolutely. That's cool. So it was cool and it was also a little I felt a little some kind of way because I knew a lot of people at the show and this was Boney's show, but they were like, Oh, Phil Denny, like I wanna take a picture. Oh, I didn't yeah. that phone either. <laughs> so so that was, that was a, a fine line, but you know, I was, I was there on, on behalf of, of my friends to yeah you know, to assist where needed, but uh, it was just a cool experience to be able to hang out and, and just chill with Boney for a while. Ah, cool, 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 cool. Well, Phil, we do this segment on the show. We call it Bout It or Doubt It, okay? So 
if you're about it, it's something that you're feeling. If it's not, if, if if you doubt it, it's something that you're not quite down with. You you're okay. interested in playing? Uh, currently, I'm not about it. I'm just not set up for it. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, we're, we'll what we'll do with this? What we'll do with this segment? We'll just throw out a couple questions to you, and you can tell us if those are things you'll like. We'll give you a category. You can tell if those are things you like or not. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go for it. I started this body If you body, get them up. I mean you body body. I mean you body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. All right. So what we do, Phil, we're going to spin the wheel and we're going to land on a category for you. And then we're going to ask you a couple of about it or doubt it questions. Okay. All right. All right. Your category today, Phil, is hobbies. All right. Bout it or doubt it, do-it-yourself projects. Bout it. Bout it. Okay, you're a handy yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've had some rental property over the years, and I've learned a lot of things, you know, through different, you know, job responsibilities. So I would be bout it. Okay, okay. So, like, like, are you really, really handy? Like, can you do a lot of stuff or – I can do a fair amount of things. Okay. You know, and if, if I don't know, then, you know, I'm not afraid to, to learn how. You yeah, know? yeah. So, yeah. I've always I, had I, great yeah. respect for people who can do that. I, I have no skill in that area at all, you know. My yeah. father once told me to develop my mind, you know, because he knew I didn't have skill in that area either. <laughs> so yeah. I always had a great respect for people who can do that. But, right. I'm also not, but I'm also not afraid, not afraid to, you know, phone a friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Or, hi, or hire a friend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I remember once I thought I was going to remodel the bathroom, and when I thought when I thought about it, I thought, no, I'm going to do like you said, hire a friend to do it. So, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, good. Well, let's ask you one more. All right. All right. Collecting. Do you collect anything? About it or doubt it? Collecting stuff. About it. Yeah, okay. definitely. I collect various things uh, in, in my travels. Uh-huh. For sure. I'm into like uh, various things like shark's teeth and oh, cool. fun. Yeah, I was just down in Florida and we tried to do some shark tooth hunting. Uh, things I find on the beach are kind of fun. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, for sure. I've got a big CD collection that I still add to from time to time as well. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a little bit into shoes. Oh, okay, you are. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so- yeah. Are you, is it, is it, are you a sneakerhead or are you, you know, uh, shoes across the board or more like a fashionable shoes? Okay. Not so much khaki shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So how many, Loafers, how many pair? Different how, boots and things like that. Okay. How many pair in the closet now? Probably close to 60. Wow. That's a lot of shoes. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. lot of shoes. <laughs> yeah. And how does one go about hunting shark's teeth? So um, there's an area in Florida that, uh, that that we really enjoy. It's called Casperson Beach. It's uh, okay. south of Sarasota near Venice. Basically, you just have like a, a shimming instrument of sorts, sort of like a, a pan or a colander of, of sorts. Okay. Right? And then there's an area where the wave settles at the shore break, and that's where the sand will turn. So the, the, you know, the shark's teeth eventually make their way in through the tide. But then they'll they'll sift sort of in this like like combine area okay. in, in the in the uh, in the sand. So you you take a shimming instrument and you kind of pan for shark's teeth, and it's it's really it's really addicting, honestly. Huh? Because once you find one, you feel like oh I'm going to get another, and then your eyes become familiar with like what you're looking for. Yeah. And they come in all shapes and sizes, of course, but. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. That's cool. That's really cool. That's something yeah. that's new to me. I didn't I hadn't heard about that. That's cool. So. 
When I'm a Florida born, I was born and raised in Sarasota, Florida. So I'm okay. really like a beach beach bum at heart. So <laughs> how'd you get from Sarasota to, to Michigan? To Lansing, Michigan. Yeah. So my, my, uh, my mother moved my, my brother Sean and I up here in uh, 1987. Mm-hmm. So I had started fourth grade. My mother's family migrated here from Bulgaria. Okay. And when they, when they settled in the States, they settled in Lansing, Michigan. Oh, cool. Cool. So this was this was really you know home for mom. Yeah, and we were we were the only you know family unit that that far south. So gotcha. you know with, with her having four other siblings, when the family traveled, they traveled to Lansing to see mom and dad. So yeah, it was more for you know the the family structure and the education. Yeah, 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 yeah. Family. Uh, that's what brought me back to Milwaukee from living elsewhere was family. So I know how that is. I know how yeah, that yeah. is. So, so is there something that your fans would be surprised to learn about you, Phil? Well, I'm, uh, I'm big into pickleball. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people say, well, what is pickleball? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually very active. I probably play, um, you know, sometimes three, four times a week. I've been doing that for about three years now. Uh-huh. I've gotten pretty competitive at it. So um, I've been an athlete all my life, honestly. Huh. Uh, in addition to music, I've played just about every sport. I settled into soccer. Okay. I was a four-year varsity soccer player in high school. Had the opportunity to play in college. Okay. But uh, I chose the the music path. So yeah. yeah. I have two boy. I have two boys also. They're nineteen and twenty-two. Uh-huh. And and they're doing very well. So I don't typically put a lot of family, um, you know, matters or business on social media much. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I do have two great boys and they're with me uh, here in, in the area. And okay. They're doing very well. Are they, are they, are they following in your footsteps musically or athletically or in either of those ways? Um, both of them were very athletic. My youngest played the drums for a little while, but he settled into sports. Okay. Yeah, so they enjoy going to music concerts. Yeah. Uh, they like a wide variety of music. My my oldest son Drew, especially, uh, has gotten into collecting records and has really expanded cool. his musical palette. Yeah, uh, he's turning me on to things I haven't listened to before, which is kind of fun. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Does he yeah. listen to you when you when you turn him on to stuff? Like I have a daughter who like I try to. She wants to be a singer, and I'm telling her, oh, you gotta. You gotta check out Ann Nesby, or you gotta you gotta listen to Mesa, or you gotta do this. And she just looks at me and rolls her eyes. Do your sons give you a little bit more more cred than that? <laughs> well, I, I think most most of my uh, suggestions kind of fall into like the things that I'm interested in, like yeah. smooth jazz, R and B, and whatnot. So I think they're receptive to it, whether they listen to it or not. I don't know. <laughs> my my oldest Drew, he he will, I think more than my youngest Braden because Drew like he he found um that he was like uh in, into um Chris Bodie. Oh yeah. And, and you know other more you know sort of back in the day artists like Chet Baker. Uh-huh. And so I'll turn him on to some stuff. So I think if if it falls in that realm he he feels like he's going to be distinguished if he you know listens to <laughs> some of my recommendations. That's cool. That's cool. So we're in the midst of the holiday season here. Are there family traditions that you're looking forward to uh, enjoying this holiday season? Well, um, yeah, we, we get together for sure. I have a very small family, uh-huh. um, but we, we definitely make a point to get together and just, you know, hang out. We play games. Um, we have some property in Puerto Rico, so we go to Puerto oh, Rico. You know, actually we go all throughout the year, but when we can, we go sometimes for the holidays and then yeah just just kind of lay low chill yeah. spend yeah. time with family you know we listen to music we play games yeah 
That's cool. Which is, which is pretty cool. But other than that, no real like, you know, specific date trans, you know, uh, traditions or, yeah. you know, do you allow yourself to take some, do you allow yourself to take some time off though? And just kind of, just kind of recharge or, or are you still always kind of working as the mind all will still go on thinking about the next project? Well, I do, you know, I do this uh, Christmas collective, as you mentioned, so yep. that's a big, you know, undertaking for me, but you know, traditionally it's fallen on the first Saturday of December. And then sometimes my wife says, well, what are you going to do now? You know, I go into uh-huh. this like seasonal rut, <laughs> but you know, I always find ways to be creative and try to enjoy the time, the downtime, spend time with family and friends, Yeah, you know, do a little traveling. And, you know, I think this year specifically is going to be a little different um, because, you know, I think it's naturally just going to be a little bit slower for everybody, sure. you know, sure. coming, coming into the new year and whatnot. So yeah, just just looking forward to some downtime and, and again getting back into uh, into the studio here and writing and recording music. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we're gonna take a little bit more, listen to a little bit more of your music. This is uh, your tune, Switch Up.
And once again, everybody, that was today's guest, Phil Denny, with the song Switch Up. So there's a couple questions, Phil, I like to try to ask all of our artists and put them on the spot a little bit, but it's in a fun way. So yeah. the first one is, can you tell us who what your favorite three albums are of all time? Ooh, favorite three albums. That's a tough one. I mean, we can go back as far as um, On the Town by Richard Elliott, which okay. is one of the albums you know that really set the tone for for me wanting to to learn more about yeah. know, the instrument and and this format one of the impressionable albums when i first got into studying music was up front by dave sanborn yes yes and then you know the the uh the shake it up record the r and r record shake it up yeah i think is is another one okay and those are a little bit format specific but uh top of mind those I can see those CD covers. I know what they look like. Yeah. You know, I remember a lot of the songs and, you know, again, I've, I've listened to a lot of music over the years. My mom had a, an eight track collection. She was into soft rock. So okay. my, my palate goes from Lionel Richie to Stevie Wonder to Michael Jackson yeah. to, you know, Hall and Oates. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, man, Hall and Oates just played in Milwaukee this summer, and I didn't get a chance to see him, and I never had a chance to see him. I was so hoping to see him, but hopefully I'll get a chance another time. But, yeah, those are some good, those are some really, really good albums. So the other the other question I love to ask is, you, you're having a dinner party. You can invite any three people to that dinner party. Who's coming to Phil Denny's dinner party? Oh, man. <laughs> Jeez. That's a tough question, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody says that. Trying to think like who do I who who do I want to have sitting next to me? There you go. Well, I think it would be kind of fun to have Boney there. Yeah, you know, just because you know I've, I've talked about him a lot and he's influenced my my music quite a bit. Tough question. <laughs> I'd I'd probably invite my buddy Marcus Anderson. He's a good person to have around. He's okay. fun. I'd okay. have Marcus there, and then uh, let's go off into left field. And I for the hype of it all, I'd probably invite. Dua Lipa. Hey, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, now, that'd bring, be a fun party. Bring some fun to the party. Yeah, that'd be a fun party. Good for you, yeah, man. She's, she's got a lot happening right now. Right. I'm actually I'm going to take my wife for her birthday to see her in concert in Detroit, so that'll be fun. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So what, yeah. are, what are you serving at that dinner party, Phil? What's on the menu uh, there? The menu will definitely have some seafood, uh-huh. you know, shrimp. Um, we'll have drinks, you know, we'll have the cocktails, we'll have, uh, well, I think, you know, more of the, uh, the appetizer type, yeah, you know, thing rather than a sit down. I'd like to see, you know, people up strolling and just kind of eating at their leisure, more uh-huh. of a, just a, a, a pick and eat kind of an experience. That sounds like a good time, man. It sounds like, so it sounds gonna, perfect for dancing. holidays. We're going to be dancing at my party. There you go. There you go. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. That's what I like yeah. to hear. Well, yeah. Phil, I mean, you, you, it seems like you've got a lot going on, man, between creating your music, putting on your shows, and then doing a, going out and doing shows in support of your own music, but putting on yeah. shows, other shows. What yeah. does 2022 hold for you? 2022. So, you know, my plan is to um, release some, some, some more music. Okay. I think I'm going to. I think I'm going to stick in the platform of releasing either independent singles or small EP projects. Okay. I found that to be uh, just a good process based on the way, you know, people are supporting music yeah. and streaming music. 
I think that I can release music more currently um, mm-hmm. and stay within budget if I do it that way. Yeah, makes sense. I would look forward to, you know, being back out on the road a little bit more, pursuing some uh, various festivals and venues that I haven't played or performed yet. Good. I have an Airbnb business in Puerto Rico that keeps me busy. I'd like to see that continue to be successful and keep hands on with that. I do enjoy that that other aspect yeah. of my business. Okay, okay. Uh, some traveling. Hopefully, I'll be hitting Mallorca, Spain for the Mallorca Smooth Jazz Festival that's been postponed the last two years. Yeah. Um, which will make for a, a great additional international experience for me to put good. on the resume. Good, good And then, good. You know, like we talked about earlier, just – trying to find some balance to spend some time at home with friends and, and family. Good, good. Well, well, we, we want to thank you, one, for being on today, and we hope that your 2022 and beyond is, is everything you hope it to be, man. So we look forward to listening to, continuing to listen to what you've already done, but certainly looking forward to getting some of that new music that you talked about as well, Phil, and we really want to thank you for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. The pleasure's all my ours, man. All the best to you. Thanks, Carl. All righty. All right, buddy. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com, to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage.